Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is your host, Sophia Renea Morales, and we have Carly Myers back with us today to continue our conversation on how to have healthier relationships. Such a tiny topic, it's no wonder we couldn't fit it into one. (laughs) And as usual, I would like to invite you to get to know your own self a little bit better. Grab your pen, grab your piece of paper, and write down this URL, superpowerquiz.us. This is the quiz that will allow you to answer the question, what is my number one spiritual superpower? Because so often we walk through the world thinking that, well, I'm not anything special. I don't have anything to bring to the world. Everybody else is so amazingly gifted, but not me. This is your esoteric mirror. You get an opportunity to look into that and see what the rest of the world sees in you and identify your own personal magic. So superpowerquiz.us, take two minutes and do that for yourself. You will be so pleased that you did. All right, so to reintroduce our return guest, uh, Carly Myers is the founder of The Stressless Company, and she's an expert at helping leaders who've experienced a devastating past challenge deal with the day-to-day stress in a way that creates satisfying results, such as improved sleep, increased income, fulfilling personal relationships, and more. Carly, a diplomat of the American Institute of Stress and a certified Safe Conversations workshop leader and facilitator, has had her work most recently featured in media outlets such as Parade, Fox 29, Good Day Philadelphia, The Maui News, and Holy Magazine. That's holy with a W. (laughs) Carly is also the creator of the Stressless Method, a signature five-step process that has guided hundreds of leaders through the steps they need to take to experience true emotional freedom. So learn more about her method in the show liner notes below this, (laughs) because I'm not reading that URL. (laughs) So in our last conversation, uh, Carly and I covered a number of areas. One is how to approach these uh, conflicts that happen in relationship in constructive ways, how to know if you're truly in a safe relationship, what to do if you're not in a safe relationship, and how to deal with the triggers that you may have that linger on after leaving a safe and unsafe relationship um, and being able to develop that discernment for, am I actually safe or is this a trigger kind of coming on and jumping up to bite me in the butt? hijack my new relationship, which is not what you want to have happen. So welcome back, Carly. I'm so excited to have you here to continue our conversation. Thank you for having me back. I'm I'm excited to dig even deeper here. (laughs) Absolutely. I know when we ended the last episode, we'd been discussing, you know, what are kind of some of the things that damage relationships, um, especially after you're through that honeymoon phase and like you're facing the reality of the person that you're dealing with. Um, Because that can be 
a disheartening kind of moment to realize that they're not the person you thought were in your head. They're a real person who has clay feet. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's, it's always sort of that moment of disappointment um, mm. where we have, we've got that honeymoon phase, that romantic love phase. We've got the power struggle. And yeah, the power struggle comes from the realization that they're different than the, the picture we painted in our head. And that can be, that can be really challenging to navigate. Yeah. Well, and let's say we've been in this phase for a while and maybe we've made some poor choices because we've been trained to make very poor choices a lot of times <laughs> in how we attempt to nurture our relationships. How do we start to undo some of that damage where we haven't stepped into a moment of curiosity to fully understand what's happening with our power or with our mm -hmm. partner and we're uh, what do I want to say? We've, we've done some destructive things like name calling and, and yeah. prejudging. How, how do we begin to pull back from that? So one of the foundational pillars of safe conversations is something called zero negativity, right? Mm -hmm. and so negativity is basically anything that is experienced as a put down anything. Uh, so it could be an eye roll. It could be the tone of voice. It could be, um, body language of, of some kinds. It could be the direct name calling, the insults, yeah. the criticism. Um, and so while zero negativity is absolutely impossible, right? We, we are yeah. all, all humans in some sense. Um, striving for zero negativity is going to begin the repair process, doing yeah. our best to keep, to keep things um, safe. So, yeah. Uh, well, and I had one of those that happened in my life recently. And my husband asked me about it later. He's like, I thought for a second you didn't hear what he said. I'm like, no, I heard what he said, but I needed to hear what else went with it. And I knew if I reacted in any way that it was going to shut down that communication. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the thing, I guess the thing that I want to acknowledge and and i i want to warn people before i share it that this is not something to be weaponized right this isn't something to oh, point our, begin pointing our finger with other people right. but <laughs> yeah it's like you eye roll at me every blessed yeah. time yes <laughs> yeah meanwhile you're sending negativity off yeah the, you know, you're waving your finger and yeah echo no. chamber here <laughs> um but you know negativity is if i guess the point i want to make here is that if the, whatever it was, the signal was received as negative. It was negative. Yeah. Negativity is never up for debate. It's never up for questioning. Yeah. So just because if, you don't perceive it to be negative doesn't mean that they don't or that they're yes. wrong that they do. Yeah. 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 Just because you didn't intend it to be negative doesn't mean it, it wasn't. And so when we're talking about the, the repair process, we want to be in partnership with somebody in relationship with somebody who is also striving for zero negativity. Um, so we, we both do those things. We want to, we want to keep that out of the space between that energy between the two of us. And we want to begin filling it with affirmations, with appreciation, yeah. right? Because the reality is, is that it takes five, I think it's for every five positive interactions uh, it takes five positive interactions to replace one negative interaction. 
And I'm yeah. going to make the assumption that that is not a huge negative interaction. That's just your Yeah, that's goal. just a, that was an eye roll or something irritating like yeah. that. It wasn't, <laughs> yeah. So the cost no. is high. Yeah. Well, and how do we start to introduce that into a relationship where perhaps there has not been an exclusive, an exclusion of negativity from the interaction? Okay. How do you sit down and have that conversation with someone? It's like, look, I don't think we've been doing this as effectively as we could have, and I'd like to try something new. How do you introduce this concept? Yeah. So there's, there's kind of two paths we could take here. So one is learning about, you know, learning about more deeply zero negativity and trying just to simply embody it for yourself as sort of a secret mission. Yeah. Um, I find that to be really helpful um, because what it does is it breaks that pattern that you might have with that other person. And at first they might be like, what the heck is going on? What do you want from me? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm highly suspicious because you haven't rolled your eyes once. (laughs) Yes. Um, but over time, if you're able to keep, keep that up on a rather consistent basis, it's going to rewire that pattern that you have with the other person, no matter what. Um, well, and how do you, realize- how do you find out what some of your, your negative triggers are? Like the eye roll, it's one of these things that it's kind of reflexive in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It's one of the ways you've learned to deal with things. How do how do you know that you're doing those sorts of almost unconscious physical messages. Yeah. So, um, so there's definitely this, so there's, here's the second route. Um, the second route is to, is to come attend one of my conversations workshops. Cause this is where, right. I, I teach the details of, okay, how do we have the conversation? What yeah. are the words that we need to use? How do we sit that person down? And even better, if you can both show up, if yeah. you and that person you're in relationship can both show up, you then both have the tools to say, Hey, like, let's, I want to try out this new thing called zero negativity. And you both have the tools to have a safe conversation about it without and criticism, without you already out. understand what it is. And no one has to put on their teacher hat, which now we're, now we're triggering power struggle, right? I know yes. you don't. Yeah. Yes. So that's a great way to just go about it where you're both coming in as students uh, and you can learn. And then, you know, part of that process that's taught a little, I'll give you a little nugget from the workshop, which is, you know, when you both learn about zero negativity, one of the things that uh, we teach is having a signal word for when you've experienced negativity. Ah. And usually it's, so when you both are it's, on the same page. It's like having a sick, safe word in sex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can make it really fun, right? So um, I know the founders of Safe Conversations, the creators, they uh, Harville and Helen, they have, uh, one of them has watermelon as their word and one of them has marshmallow as their word. So it's sort of a playful word that you can use. Um, I know. So as long as you're not planning a summer cookout. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, someone had chimichanga as the word, you know, so it really, and you can go with something basic like, ouch. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but you have this sort of signal word so let's say you have this automatic reflex, you roll your eyes, the per- person you're in relationship with that you've already determined signal words with, they can say, Ooh, chimichanga. Yeah. And, and you can be like, wait, what happened? Right? Wait, wait, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Place of curiosity. Right. What, what are you talking about? And they're like, Oh, um, could you resend that by, but look at me with a glimmer in your eye. Yeah. Right? Um, and so that's where you have that sort of signal word. And then 
the ask for a different way, sharing the desire of what you would have liked to have happened. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, kind of yeah. in that sense takes two to two to tango. And so I it's can really see where, th where this would work really well with, with a personal partner, a life partner kind of person. And I can see where the, what I want to say, the, the stealth version is probably more useful in the office place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm You're not going to probably that. look at your boss and go watermelon. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, your boss is like, you, are you hungry? Uh, <laughs> you know, and I love that you called it the stealth version, you know, cause honestly though, at the end of the day, when you're practicing zero negativity, when any of us are practicing it, we're creating a healthier brain. So even though it's benefiting other people, right. To, to fill them with words of affirmation or just refraining from saying something negative or doing something negative. It's also helping us to have a healthier brain. It's helping us to be in that upper, upper part of the brain where we're able to be creative. We're able to be more connected. Um, we're able to be in more flow. And so by taking negativity sort of out of your vocabulary, out of your body language, as much as you can, you're reaping so many benefits. In fact, you may be reaping more benefit <laughs> than the people that you're you're sending stuff off to. So, oh, absolutely, because I know we've kind of been trained into this. Well, if I send angry, sour feelings and maintain that state towards somebody, that it hurts them in some way or punishes them somehow. And the the truth of the matter is, effectively, what it does most is punishes you. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they won't even know or realize that you're even doing this and it affects yeah. them in no way whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's so true. Um, I'm thinking about this example that I, I came across recently. It's such a basic example, but um, the person that I, I heard this from, they were explaining how emotional pain is similar to physical pain. Um, oh and yeah. The whole hot stove thing. Right. So we put our hand on the hot stove. Um, there's so much that, has been taught to us and told to us about sitting in our feelings, right? But if we put our hand on the hot stove and we keep our hand on the hot stove and we think, and we, we sit with the pain of keeping our hand on the hot stove that doesn't serve us, there's, there's an application here to the emotional side of things too. Yeah. We want to take the information that, oh, that's a hot stove. Oh, this is unsafe. Oh, that hurt. That was negative. But then, you know, having that instinctual pullback to, to not hold on to that anger to choose yeah. to go into a more neutral state at the very least. And so more that... creative solutions like, well, maybe I should turn the stove off, yeah, right? Exactly. As opposed to hot stoves are terrible things and I'm going to beat it up with a sledgehammer until it's exactly. no longer in existence in my life. Well, now you have nothing to cook dinner on. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's an example of discernment versus the judge, right? The yeah. judgment. The judgment might be like stoves immediately. Stoves are awful. We get the, the baseball bat out and we're, we're going at it. But discernment is to say, okay, stoves aren't awful. Um, they are hot. They do burn us sometimes, but maybe we'll just turn the burner off, let it cool down. Yeah. And uh, we'll be very excited to make a casserole here soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little later on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. I think that's how it can sort of apply to our emotional responses too. We can learn from it. We can take the information because the information is very important and very helpful. But we can also say, let's take some space. Let's come back when we're able to really 
when we have that calmer nervous system, when we are in that upper part of the brain to start having these conversations. So we don't want to have, yeah. like, for instance, we don't want to have the conversation about negativity when we're triggered. Oh yeah. This ain't, this ain't not happening when you're in mm-hmm. the heat of the thing. It's like, okay, we need to new, learn a new way. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. not the moment that information is going to be received. I'm afraid. Yeah. So we're up on our first break already. And you'll believe, um, those of you who've joined us here today, grab your pen, grab your piece of paper, and I would love for you to spend some time thinking about perhaps some of the ways you may be triggering your partner when you have these conversations, because you may not know all of them, but I promise you, you know several because you do know how to rile them up. So make a note of the ways in which you have in the past riled up your partner so that you know what not to do the next time you want to have a confronting conversation and hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Hey, beautiful soul, Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to tellzofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. Join Humanity Evolve for an awe-inspiring glimpse into the future where we explore the intersection of AI, humanity, and industries from healthcare to climate change. Discover the latest trends and innovations that are revolutionizing the world and learn how to thrive in the new era of technology. Our dynamic and engaging conversations with global leaders and experts will leave you inspired and empowered to create a positive future for yourself, your family, and your community. Get ready to unlock your potential and elevate your performance as we dive deep into the cutting-edge topics that are shaping our world. Don't miss out on this transformative journey to create a better world. Weekly episodes available on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renee Morales. I'm here with Carly Myers, and she's going to share with us some other things we can do instead of this list that you've made here, right? Because there's two steps. There's being aware of what the the wrong thing is and then choosing something better to put in its place because nature abhors a vacuum. You can't just say, well, I'm not going to eye roll anymore. 
No, you need something else to do instead of eye rolling. <laughs> so tell us, Carly, what do we do with our list now? Yeah, so we want to we want to have that awareness of our go-to, right? Go-to behaviors. But we also, you know, one of the things that make relationships healthier, right? In addition to the curiosity we've been talking about is filling that space between that our relationship with appreciations and affirmations. This is what this positive experiences I was talking about. Relationships are sort of like a piggy bank or like a bank account, right? Every time we have a positive experience, we are kind of putting money in the bank. We make a little deposit. Yes. <laughs> yes. And every time we have a negative experience, we make a withdrawal. Now, the withdrawal and it is tends to be bigger. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So too many negative experiences. We're going to overdraft the account. That's why we wanted to make sure you had, we had some sort of awareness of what we, what we've got going on there. Zero negativity take out less money wherever you can. So what do we, when we put something in, we're putting in appreciations, we're putting in affirmations, things that are genuine for us. We're not yeah. lying through our teeth. We're not faking it. Things we're that not are making genuine. shit up. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Things that are true. So um, I do want to break down though, for a second, the difference between appreciations and affirmations. Yes. So, do tell. Uh, yes. Yeah, so appreciations, these are usually the things that someone's doing. So okay. I appreciate that you've unloaded the dishwasher. I appreciate that you are such a good listener. I appreciate that you write something that you've done. Or that yeah. Other I appreciate that you took time out of your busy schedule to help me, you know, rethink how I'm approaching this problem at work. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So appreciations are about what the person does or how the person is showing up. Whereas an affirmation is really getting, boiling everything down. And it's, it's looking at affirming that person's existence, that mm. person's soul, who they really are, what do they boil down to? So I, you know, I just am so grateful that you are, you are, you're just a, a beacon of light. Like, that's just who you are. You are, and it could be also this kind of feeling words, right? Like you're, you're so brave. You're so courageous. You are so strong, right? These are, these are affirming like who they are at their core. Um, yeah. And I'm that's, so that's something I love. I love doing with my husband from time to time, right? Because it's, it's easy when you're in a good partnership to, not fully express your appreciation for the other person. And I think that is one of the things that will damage a relationship is not sharing with them how much you love and appreciate this person in very concrete ways as you go along. Yeah. And so I, I make it a point. It's not something I put on my calendar, but I make it a point if it feels like, you know what, it, it's probably been a minute since I've said anything to take the time to really appreciate him. And it's not just love you, babe. It's like, yes. you know, I really feel like I am the luckiest person in the world because I have you in my life and you're such a wonderful husband in these following ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and we can sort of mix up appreciate, like we can combine appreciations and affirmations. And what I would say is, you know, affirmations are, are like, <laughs> They are, I want to say crack. I don't know why, but they are like the juiciest of the juiciest. <clears throat> so they're so, so powerful. Um, 
in relationship and creating intimacy and connection, especially, and this is, we actually have an affirmations dialogue that, that I teach, um, where we go like a step deeper where it's not just like, I appreciate, like you are so strong and I really appreciate that about you. I really love that about you, that you're strong or, um, you're, you're just kind, like that's who you are. And, and we go a step further where we, we say, and you know what, this reminds me of, of a time in my past, right. When, uh, let's, I'm going to make up a story here, but let's say like when my parent was broken down, crying weak, we were going through a really hard time and they just weren't able to be there for me. And so when I see you and I see you as the strong person that you are, it makes me feel safe. Yeah. Right. And so you can feel the power in that because not only are you affirming who they are, but you're affirming that who they are is, is one of the best gifts that they could ever, that you could ever receive. Yeah. That is really, really important to you in your life. Mm -hmm. The the way that they show up for you. I think that's amazing. Yes. So I know a lot of times when there have been a lot of withdrawals from the bank account, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that that cycle tends to accelerate. And one of the things we do as humans when that that bank account starts to dwindle is we start to make the other person like other. We start to push them away, more distance. We start to characterize them in ways that turn them more into an object than they are a person. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's such a dick or he's such a monster or whatever it is. Um, if we have started down that othering, pushing away road, uh, but we find that it's not really, what do I want to say, an unsafe relationship situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do we start to pull back and reset our minds from this? Well, you're just, you're not a human being. <laughs> yeah. Well, first I want to, I, gosh, your, your intuitive sense of like where the conversation is taking you. It's just like on point. I so, so love that you brought this up. I want to, I want to first acknowledge that if, if you're in the situation, if you're listening and you're in the situation where you've sort of gone down the path that it's completely normal because it's sort of like, um, a stub toe, right? We're, let's say we're walking down a hallway and it's a really beautiful hallway. And all of a sudden, (laughs) I don't know, we stub our toe on, on something. We go from seeing the whole hallway and the beauty of the hallway to all we can see is the stub toe. All we can see is the pain. We become super self-absorbed and that's what's happening in this otherness is that we've had this stub toe syndrome on an emotional level, right? And we become super self-absorbed and we're creating space and we're not quite thinking clearly in some sense, but we, some of us stay that, stay in that space, right? Because we're afraid of stubbing our toe again. And so, you know, what I would say is going back, go back to that sense of asking yourself, what is it that I can do? with discernment, right? Not judgment, but what is it that I can do to create safety for myself? What is it that I can do to nurture myself? Um, because at the end of the day, we're, we're experiencing this separateness because we're in a, we're in pain. So how do we create safety for ourselves, begin that healing process so that we can start to open up. And, and it's not, there's this saying in yoga practices where they say open heart, 
um, strong back, open heart. Right. And that's exactly what we're looking for here. Maybe there has been some dissonance in our relationship, but it's not an unsafe one. It's one that we want to grow. So we want to look at, okay, how can we heal? How can we safety for ourselves so that we can have the strong back? We have the boundaries, we have the safety stuff in place, but we also have the open heart to create the connection and intimacy. So we're, we're maybe plowing some new ground for people. How do you create safety for yourself? Give us some examples of creating Mm -hmm. safety for yourself. There are so many ways. (laughs) I figured there are quite a few, but to jumpstart the the thinking process. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I would say uh, an easy place to start is to ask where where you feel unsafe or where you not even necessarily unsafe, but where you feel negative emotion, what's triggering the negative emotion. So, um, a great example, um, or maybe a smaller medium sized example would be, um, uh, sometimes I'll feel a sense like that I'm trapped by a, Mm. a relationship and it doesn't have to be a romantic. It could be any. Um, and so that creates that sense of unsafeness for me. Yes. Uh And so then I ask myself, okay, well, what is it that I need to begin feeling free? Ah, the opposite of trapped. Yes. Yes. So for me, then the safety became realizing, okay, I've lost a bit of myself. Um, and so I want to find that, that little bit of myself again, where I felt free. So, um, something that I'm doing now uh, in sort of kind of relation to that question that I asked myself months ago, um, at this point is like, I started salsa, I went out salsa dancing with my friends and I do that every week. Right. And that makes me feel really playful and really free. And so it's not necessarily about like cooping ourselves up to be safe, but it it's about creating, okay, well, feeling trapped makes me feel really unsafe. Dancing salsa makes me feel really free and alive and really playful and good. And so that's, you know, a small example. Yeah, I like um, that. In fact, I had a girlfriend who she she was dating or attempting to date for for quite a while because she really wants that life partner in her life. And she got to thinking about, well, why am I so frantically going out with like any guy who looks my direction? And the answer to that was she didn't feel financially safe. Mm-hmm. And the answer to that was, well, how do I create financial safety for myself that'll give me the breathing room to just allow the right person to arrive as opposed to this frantic, you know, I've, I've got to swipe yes. right on everybody and do all these first dates. And so she started a savings account. Mm-hmm. And she That's adds a- to it regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful example. Yeah. And we can start to see that this sense of, of unsafety or fear or whatever we might call it really does impact how we move through the world and our decisions. So to start with that sense of what is it that's going to make me feel safe, fully alive, joyful, playful, um, secure. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So many of those beautiful states of mind and moving towards those consciously in big ways or small ways. Right. Yeah. Um, I love that. So one of the things about relationship is attachment. Attachment Mm -hmm. is amazing. There are many rewards that come through attachment. And there are also rewards from detachment, if you've been on the spiritual path at all. Talk to me about attachment. Is it good, bad, indifferent? And how do people go about this? (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, attachment is like a, a can of worms. It's, it can be a whole thing. Um, there, you know, there's been science around attachment theory and attachment styles. Um, and I'll just briefly kind of summarize. You guys can do some research on your own. Um, there's, you know, the anxious attachment, the avoidant attachment, the anxious avoidant, and then the the wonderful, <laughs> secure folks out there that are holding space. Okay. For us all. So talk um, to us about anxious, anxious, avoidant. What, what do these words really mean? Right. Because we have some layman's understanding of what anxiety yeah. is. So but, the anxious yeah. attachment, uh, the anxiously attached person is, is leaning in. They are really preoccupied with the other person's ability to love them back. And ah. so they, they, they're sort of in that hypervigilance that we were talking about earlier. The it's like, does he love me? Uh, is he showing that he loves me? He came home late and didn't call me. This this means something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Then we have the avoidant, which really equates intimacy with this a loss of freedom, a loss of independence, right? So they want deeply, they want that connection, but as soon as they have it, they feel like they're losing their independence, so they create space. Okay, these are the runners, right? <laughs> Yes, we yeah. we got too close. It freaked me out, and I had to ghost you for a month or two. Mm-hmm. Then we have anxious avoidant, which is a combo, right? It just uh-huh. depends on sort of what maybe the other person is bringing out in them, or what's going on in their world. So that they can be a puzzle, right? A it, it's the, I I I want you in my life, in my life, in my life. oh nope, too much. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I've gotta go, and then when they leave, and they're like, oh no. Need to bring them no, back. Right? So no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What do you mean you're dating someone else? Well, <laughs> <laughs> left me on red for a couple of weeks. I don't know what to tell you. No, and then and then we have secure, and the yeah. secure folks are really comfortable with intimacy and connection. They're they're really that warm and loving presence. They're consistent mm-hmm. in the way that they love, and straightforward in the way that they love. Yeah, they don't so, they don't play games. They're they're they like if I tell you I'm going to call you when I leave the office, I call you when I leave the office. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And these are all just our our individual dispositions for how we emotionally bond, how we emotionally bond with another person. Yeah. Um and so, you know, we want to choose um I mean, the, the general advice from the science is to, if you're anxious or you are avoidant, try to choose a secure partner because they're going to calm that, that anxiety or that fear that you might have. Um, but, you know, to, to bring home this sense of detachment, I think that's sort of what the secure folks have, this sense of detachment. It's not enmeshment with another yes. person. It's not entanglement. They have this sense of, it's it's actually, I think detachment has been, a lot of people think of it as like, oh, I need to let go of something. Yeah. But I think detachment is more about understanding that I am free. Yeah. Am and free. and you are also free. And I wouldn't want to chain you here if you didn't want to be here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We are up on our second break already. <laughs> I hate to, to put a pin in this, but we need to put a pin in this just for a minute so we can pay the bills. <laughs> And then we'll be back. So those of you who've joined us today, grab your pen, grab your piece of paper and spend some time around what what do you think your attachment style 
actually is. Are you one of these really clingy, concerned people? Are you a runner? Are you a combination of the two? Or do you seem to be pretty, pretty cool and stable regardless? And hang with us. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827. And let me know, how has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renee Morales. I'm still here with the amazing and wonderful Carly Myers. And so, Carly, over the break, we got a little honest with ourselves about what our attachment type is. Uh, and I guess a couple of questions around that. Can we change our attachment type? Mm, is this, yeah. Or is this like fixed, like the sun and the moon? And can a relationship really work if you have like a runner and a secure person or a codependent and a runner? How How is this kind of work? Yeah. So to answer your second question first, um, relationships of all kinds of, of attachment styles can work. There is, we are not hopeless. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, you know, I want to acknowledge, however, that if we put an anxious person and an avoidant person together, that that's going to be challenging because we have someone who tends to lean in and really crave intimacy. And then we would have someone who is sort of, oh my gosh, terrified of that. Yes. You're really intense. (laughs) Yes. So it can create a tangle and uh, a tango. And, and I also want to acknowledge that those two people tend to find each other, um, because there's sort of some healing that they're looking for, for each other. Mm, Um, the other thing to answer your first question, um, is that, so what the science has found about attachment styles is that while they tend to be steady over time, they tend to be pretty stable, right? 
we, they are plastic. So we can change them. This is the really good news. So if we have an insecure attachment style, like anxious or avoidant or anxious avoidant, what we can do is we can be really bring that awareness forward, that awareness that maybe we're anxious or, or such and such, and we can strive to be more secure. So it's sort of like the, you know, what would Jesus do, but what would the secure person do? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And really thinking of someone in your life that has been that secure person for you, who has been warm and caring and compassionate, who's been consistent over the long haul for you. Um, who's been that really beautiful example of a, a secure attachment style for you and pausing in those moments of anxiety or in those moments of feeling suffocated, um, or a combination of the two and asking, okay, what would, what would Sarah do, right? If that's your yeah. person, what would, what would she do in this situation and begin shifting the way that you show up? You might still have that anxiety or that fear, but starting to shift your behaviors as if you were more secure. And what we what science has shown about that is that kind of behaviors lead to feelings. Yeah. Right? So when we're able to start to show up more secure, we can start to rewire. We can start to become more secure ourselves. Yeah. And that sets our relationships up for success because those secure folks, the science has shown that they have the tendency to be the happiest, most fulfilled in their relationships. Yeah. Yeah. My husband is that person for me. <laughs> yeah. He's he's very secure. He's not concerned if it's like, yeah, I've I've got this business thing that's happening. He's not concerned about, well, is it all men? Is it all women? You know, is something going to happen? He's He's got no concern about that. He's like, go enjoy your business thing and, you know, come on home when you're done. Just, mm-hmm. you know, let me know if it's going to go past this time that you're still okay. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I I was the one who was like, does he love me? You really love me? Show me you love me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I've been able to step into that more secure role the longer I'm with him because I don't have to worry about him. And he doesn't, what I want to say, he doesn't bedevil me <laughs> Yeah. in any way. He sets a really amazing example of that. And so I've been able to step more into that, that secure thing. And it's like, oh, you've got a business meeting tonight? Fabulous. You know, let me know when you're coming home. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the beauty of becoming more secure, but also being in relationship with someone who is secure because what they found is like, let's say for the anxious uh, person is that at first, when the anxious person goes into relationship of any kind with a secure person, their anxiety is still ramped up, Yeah, but they slowly learn over time that this person is really safe. And so that begins to heal that, that part of them. And then they slowly become secure. So it's, you know, the science, it's almost like the science behind emotions and that emotions are actually in fact contagious. So the secure person is demonstrating contentment, security, you know, all of those really great emotions and the insecure partner then starts to catch that. If you yes. know, catch that <laughs> sense of security. So it's really powerful stuff. I love that. I love that. So how do you negotiate one of those early relationships where maybe one person is having an avoidant or an anxious um, experience, uh, but the other person is in fact pretty pretty secure? How how mm. do you start to as as assuming that you're not the secure one? <laughs> how do you start to to step into more secure behaviors? What do some of those behaviors look like? Yeah. 
I think it really goes back to asking yourself, you know, what, what would this example in my life do? Because it every situation is, is different. Um, so starting with, um, let's say um, we're in an early relationship and there's texting, right? There's a lot of texting. Mm-hmm. We've got a pattern going. Every day after work at six o'clock or so, we get a text and we're texting. How was your day? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden, a couple weeks in, we don't get a text at six o'clock, right? The anxious person might go, their anxiety is going to go through the roof. The pattern is broken. Yeah, they don't don't love me anymore or something horrible has happened to them. I'm going to. to, Yeah, exactly. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. And so, the anxious person, right? The tendency is to lean in. Um, that's the coping mechanism. And so text, we want to text, text, text. Why aren't you responding to me? Come on, come on, come mm-hmm. on. And then like phone call. Why aren't you picking up your phone? <laughs> yeah. And it could also be like that. That's the direct. Send another text. Send another text. Yeah. Oh, let me just call. But it could be also indirect. Oh, let me post to Instagram. Right. Let uh-huh. me see what is it that I can do to begin to manipulate because that's what's and- happening there. Yeah. And to to get a response, to get a rise Mm -hmm. of some sort. Yeah. So we would pause at that moment when the anxiety rises, have awareness of it and then ask, okay, what would the secure person in my life do or say? So in this situation, maybe the secure person would just be like, oh, something must've come up. They must've gotten busy and probably working late or something. Give, giving that person the benefit of the doubt and understanding that okay, well, if they've got something going on in their life right now, then that means I need to give them space because they're really good at this pattern of me. They text me every day at six. They really got to handle whatever's on their plate. Exactly. Life has happened for them. So we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll stand by and find out what it is later. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So a lot of little moments like that, where we notice the anxiety rising or the fear of wanting to push someone away and asking, pausing in this situation, what would my role model likely say or do and how would they navigate it and do our best we're not perfect exactly i was i was going to ask and what do you do with the anxiety because i know we talked about the well-worn path in our last interview you know there's this well-worn path of well he's cheating or whatever your repeating concern is um how do you how do you deal with that yeah. We, we've had that, the, we've had the awareness, but that doesn't always make the anxiety go away. Yes. Boy, do I know that as someone who <laughs> does <laughs> anxiety, right? Um, you know, I, I think I would reinforce sort of what I had mentioned in our last interview, which is to say, oh, you know, be a little playful with yourself. Oh, there you go again. I Going down that road again. Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm on the anxiety loop. <laughs> uh-huh. And then taking a minute to, maybe it's taking two minutes, maybe it's taking 30 minutes, right? Um, Where we really do our best. It's not going to be perfect, but do our best to bring ourselves back into the present, into our bodies or into the present moment. So whether it's a meditation, whether it's breathing, whether it's how does, how do my hands feel, you know, Um, really getting ourselves to, to that sense of, calibration of almost it's doing uh sort of getting ourselves off the subject altogether yeah and and i like the the off the subject altogether because i was going to suggest sometimes choosing to do something else in the meantime is so helpful because Mm -hmm. if your brain is operating and occupied with something else that's fairly demanding of it 
it's it doesn't have the bandwidth then to continue on that other loop i mean it'll try right and you'll go ah there's the loop again i'm going back to my sudoku or whatever your challenging thing is right (laughs) yes yeah it's it's really saying i'm not i'm not going to feed into the momentum of this and instead i'm going to try my best to create momentum somewhere else somewhere that feels good for me somewhere somewhere that feels aligned for me yeah um create momentum elsewhere um and it it could be again like it may not be i'm gonna oh this person is abandoning me so i'm gonna create momentum with another person no it could just be i'm gonna get off the subject altogether and i'm gonna create momentum let's say, um, one thing that I like to do is crochet. So like, Oh, I got to get this baby blanket going. I'm really excited about this. Maybe I'll call a friend, put her on speaker and crochet. Yeah. We just talk about, we gossip, we talk about whatever's going on. What happened on love is blind. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Not, not the fact that they haven't texted you that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Exactly. exactly. So let's say we've been through this anxious moment. Okay. And they arrive home three hours later without having told us anything. How how do you broach the situation? Because you had an expectation that there would be some communication around or before the silence. Mm-hmm. How do you have that conversation? How do you prepare yourself for that? Because I know you don't want to be anxious when you go into it. Yeah. So this goes kind of back to, okay, getting off the subject, making sure that you've done your best to, to not feed into the momentum of the anxiety before. Um, it also feeds back into what we've been talking about, about curiosity. What's going on on planet such and such? Yes. Right? Being curious about their experience. So instead of judging, instead of blaming, instead of going right for the juggler, <laughs> yep, um, going right for that, giving the benefit of the doubt first. Hey, what happened? What, you know, just having that sense of curiosity. And if we're anxious, we might get triggered by the answer. Cause it could be just, Oh, nothing. I just got busy. And right. That doesn't feel like good enough for yeah. especially for mm-hmm. this person, right. We can take some time again to pause, to get some space to then again, move the momentum in a different direction. And then we can use, you know, you know, basically, you know, some of the things that I'm teaching in safe conversations, use the safe conversations process to then say, okay, maybe later in the day, maybe the next day when we are calmer, when we're not triggered to ask, say, Hey, is now a good time to talk about last night? We yeah. Open that conversation and then begin using the tools to, to express, Hey, cause under the frustration, yeah. under the anxiety, there's a desire. So expressing the desire, Hey, exactly. I really missed, you know, I, I, I really missed a text from you last night. Next time, you know, you get busy at work. Would you just mind sending me a quick text to say, Hey, running late? Yeah, exactly. I or I'm getting sucked into this meeting. I'll contact you later. Something like exactly. that. Yeah, yeah. I and love that the desire. Well, and speaking of the tools, it's a skill and it's a thing that one needs to learn and practice. And I know you have an event coming up. You've got about sixty seconds. Describe for me what your event is and the gift that you've brought the listeners around that. Okay. Yeah. So. First, I've got a Safe Conversations event. It's coming up on August 26th. It's happening from noon to 4 p.m. Eastern time. It's all online. And basically, I'm going to teach the Safe Conversations process. It's a new way of talking where you learn how to talk without criticism, how to listen without judgment, and how to connect beyond difference. Um, Mm. And I've got a coupon code for you guys. Self. 
Yeah. Um, so use the coupon code Sovereign Self and you can save $100 off your ticket. Um, so that is that if you want to learn okay. more. And if and you're then, buying two tickets because your partner is coming with you, does it work for both of them? It will work for both of them. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then we've talked about a lot about managing our anxiety, um, especially as we wrapped up. So I wanted to offer everyone a free gift on why managing your energy is key, which includes a really powerful visualization and activation to help with that. Oh, nice. Yes. Um, okay. So you can go, go well, to, I guess, the link in the show notes for that. Yeah, and download absolutely. That free audio training. Yes, I love that. Thank you so much, Carly. I've got goosebumps. It's like it's like the perfect set of stuff <laughs> to, to really to really shift your relationship. So, what would be in just like five seconds your final words of wisdom on creating healthy relationships? I would say, I want to just drop words: curiosity, zero negativity words of affirmation and appreciations yeah. fill the piggy bank love that thank you so much for joining me today carly it's been such a wonder and a blessing to have these conversations with you and i'm so excited we got a double episode out of it yes <laughs> thank the, you thank you the so more much. help we can give people i think on this front the better and uh, thank you to all of you who who dialed in today, who tuned in to listen. Uh, we do this show for you. It's very important. I know many of us have these big missions that we want to put out in the world. And when you have a big mission, you need lots of good relationships to get that mission out there. So I, I love that we're able to bring this set of tools to you. We do this show for you. If you have any questions, concerns, suggestions, topics you'd like to see speakers I should have on, uh, drop me a line at asksofia at transformationspace.co. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week right here 